At its sitting on the 14th of March 2023, the House of Keys will elect four members of the Legislative Council. MHKs will want to elect the best people for the job, although it's not always clear what that job entails. Following the 2021 general election, two LegCo seats became available and one was filled by Diane Kelsey. Mrs Kelsey has been relatively quiet since she was elected, so what does she stand for and what does she make of her new role? I began by asking Mrs Kelsey why did she want to be an MLC? I think because I love the Isle of Man, I wanted to do something for the Isle of Man and I'd worked um, previously uh, in the UK in the armed forces, but I'd grown up on the Isle of Man or my family is linked with the Isle of Man directly or indirectly and it's actually the only constant in my life apart from my close family. So I I got to that stage, I'm in my 50s um, and I wanted to to, to do something, um, I'd love to say greater, but that sounds very pompous. But I just wanted to do something wider and, and actually help the island progress, but also support people who perhaps need supporting. And also, as an MLC, be able to scrutinise laws, to, in my mind, to make sure they're understandable by everybody. Um, so laws for the people rather than for the politicians. And has the role been any different to what you would have expected i mean what 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 i mean i mean inevitably it will have been so so uh, maybe if we start with what 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 is different what 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 did you not expect from this i think i didn't expect so much teamwork um i think because we tend to get a snapshot of politics when we're either listening to the the radio or even just generally reading the papers and being around about but actually they're they're actually a really good bunch of people who genuinely want to work together sometimes they'll differ but they want to work together for good Isle of man and I actually didn't expect to see that quite so firmly as I've seen it I've, I've even when people are disagreeing with each other there's still it's always about the Isle of Man as opposed to about them which is really important to me and I suppose part of the role of being a politician is is being able to make deals and work with colleagues and and uh, uh, you, you know you, th- this is one of the um, I suppose the the, the beauties and disadvantages at the same time of, of the political system we have that, uh, you know, you don't have that sort of uh, bipolar, uh, not bipolar, what's the word? Uh, po- uh, polarized, polarized that, yes. that's the one. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't have that polarized uh, situation that you yeah. have in, in certainly in, in uh, English politics mm-hmm. and possibly uh, in, in other parts of the UK as well. Um, the, 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 the whole nature of how, how politics works on the Isle of Man means that we... Uh, or politicians have to work together. Indeed, and I think that's what's really good about the Isle of Man is because we're not firmly a party politics and therefore there's not that polarisation or somebody else's agenda. It might be individuals' agenda, it may be small groups of people, but essentially we have to work together, otherwise nothing will ever get done. So I, I, I'm really heartened to say that we might be the oldest continuous parliament in the world, but I'd actually go to say that we're probably one of the most mature in, in our thinking as well, because we have to collaborate, and that's what democracy is all about. And I suppose then the the obvious question: you've you've witnessed the first year of the Canon administration. Um, are they doing a good job? Are the um, are there things that they could do better? Um, what what would be your assessment on them? Um, I think they're doing 
a good job and and I suppose the listener would say well she would say that wouldn't she um I think they're doing a good job they're being ambitious they're being bold some of the things that um the government are trying to do are things that probably previous administrations have tried to do um but perhaps a springboard coming out of um covid and also brexit consumed some of the last administration there's a bit more freedom now obviously um things of february the events of february and and the uh, illegal uh, invasion by russia of of a sovereign state uh, of ukraine have made a difference and therefore what's been heartening is to see how fleet of foot our administration has been able to be to support people on the Isle of Man who are vulnerable, people on the Isle of Man who may not be that vulnerable, but to keep some sort of stability, but also to support those people fleeing from conflict. Um, I, I Again, it sounds all a bit hearts and flowers, but essentially I think they've done a really good job given what they were hoping to, to get done and actually what they've managed to achieve. They've, they've been able to shift the balance when they've needed to, but there's still an awful lot to do and I know that the ambitions are still very high. Critics might say that there's a lot of talk gone on <laughs> um, and uh, lots of bold initiatives and strategies announced. Um, is, is there much by way of delivery, do you think? Yes, I mean, on, on uh, Tuesday in Timwald, um, there was the energy efficiency scheme that has rolled out. It, it's, it's, it's not going to be earth-shattering in its, it, it, to any individual, but it's going to make a difference to people who really do need some support to, to, to keep their bills down. And more importantly, uh, this, this mantra of the cheapest item of energy is the one you don't use. So if we can insulate lofts, if we can put draft excluses and the DEFA um, team have come forward with some really, really good measures and targeted to people who actually need that help, not just people who would like the help. It's actually, it's about need. So there's one, and that was only this week. I say we delivered support to Ukrainian refugees. Um, we have delivered our island plan. I say we, the government, the administration, but they go back to it, it feels like a team effort um, to deliver the oil island plan and more importantly, keep reviewing it. And then the economic strategy, which is very, very bold, but actually puts quite a lot of that stuff into place. Do I agree with everything that's written down? Absolutely not. But does that mean that I can't work with it across the board? Yes. And I think, again, it's back to for the best for the people of the Isle of Man and and our future and our children's future. I've got two teenage children and I would love them to feel the same about the Isle of Man the way I do. And even if they go off for some work in their early years, come back and actually be part of our community um, with their families in the future. And in terms of that plan, uh, we were told that Timble members all had some level of say in, in its development. Uh, did you feel that you were being listened to by the government? Uh... I, I, I suppose, unfortunately, because I was so new and there's, there was a, quite a steep loan curve, even though I thought I could sort of walk in from, from my background that I at least could start walking or even not a, a comfortable trot, there was an awful lot to, to, to take on board. So if we were starting again now, I'd probably want a little bit more input. Would I be worried whether all that input was taken on board and manifested it in the plans? No, because again, I go back to this collaboration, democracy, and it is about um, sometimes compromise, but more importantly about working together. So I'd say broadly, because it's a living plan and not something in aspect that's going to stay what it is uh, of of 12 months, six months or, or two months ago, there's some really good stuff in there. And I would really, really urge anybody who feels there's something they want to say about it, 
just get in touch with your MHK or write direct to the Chief Minister to say what you would like to see in the future. It should be our plan. It's not a bunch of politicians' plan. It's for the Isle of Man. And as far as you're concerned, are there any... Well, there must be some elements that you would have liked to have seen in the plan that aren't in there. It's really difficult because I think there's some really good seeds in there. So I'd say there's nothing that I would like to see that isn't mentioned in some way. Certainly nothing of significant consequence. But I think the key thing for me that I'm really... I'm quite ambitious for the island for the innovation. And I don't just mean a load of people coming and put a load of money in the Isle of Man. I'm actually talking about good ideas that we can play around with and maybe deliver some stuff in the future and unfortunately we have to accept that some of those are going to fail and I think we should be ambitious enough to say we would have some sort of R&D think tank say now it sounds very high fluting but it doesn't need to cost a great deal of money there's some brilliant minds out there on the Isle of Man and we should be listening to their ideas and accepting some of them may fall at the first hurdle second or third but that's not a bad thing because if you don't try will always stay where we are, if not going backwards, which is uh, the danger. So it's about innovation and grasping those ideas, especially from young people, but it could be from anyone. It doesn't matter. It's just saying, OK, let's have a look at that. Would that work? How would that work? How would we make it work? Actually, can we talk to you about it? Because we think you've got, you're on the right lines, but we'd like to, to understand a bit more because it doesn't quite fit with our legislation. Um and actually have a very open, but go back to talk, but actually then start playing with these things, seeing what can be delivered, and then seeing what could actually make a difference to, to our future. And in terms of government, I mean, do you, do you think that government's perfect? Or, or, <laughs> or are, there, are there things that already are starting to frustrate you about the way in which government operates? Well, we all work, work with, well, are, uh, cope with government because we're all residents of the Isle of Man. Um no, government's not perfect because none of us are. I, I often say I make a mistake. If not every day, it's probably several hours of, of every day I make mistakes. I'll probably make mistakes whilst we're chatting today. Okay. Um, but it, it almost goes back to the, the previous point I was making about innovation and ideas. I genuinely believe if the government don't try some of these things, and we all are mature enough to accept that some of them may fail, but actually, do your due diligence, make sure we're not being taken for a ride, but sometimes take an honest and transparent chance on things, but be really honest with everybody, whether it's cost of cost of in money or time or people, because you need to, to bring people in, which also costs money. Um, how can we how can we make things better without actually trying a few things out so is government perfect no because they'll be trying things out that don't quite work is that a good thing yes absolutely is the the system though capable of being innovative uh, and I, I would mm-hmm. point to the debate mm-hmm. that took place in December Tinwald in relation to the, the Brownfield site development mm-hmm. uh, grant and the minister I think quite rightly possibly with several voices of experience uh, talking in his ear, pointed to the need to be flexible. Uh, having been there and tried to, to develop brownfield sites in, in different guises in uh, Council of Ministers myself, I know that you need a pretty healthy dose of flexibility to mm-hmm. get things done. And yet, at Tinwald, 
part of Timbal's role is to scrutinise everything that uh, government does. And several, uh, particularly uh, MHKs, uh, spoke with quite a lot of concern about mm-hmm. that scheme because it was so flexible. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's very difficult to hold government to account if you've introduced a scheme which allows them pretty much to do whatever they like. So how uh, is, is, that, is, is there an inevitable problem there that... Uh, uh, government's never going to be getting the flexibility it needs uh, because of the need for scrutiny. The need for scrutiny should never go away. And and I think even government departments need to scrutinise what they're doing and also what, uh, what their teams are doing or, or on their behalf. But there's also got to be elements of trust. So we're small enough and we're compact enough and we're close enough to actually feel that things cannot go too far off the rails because some things will, as I I said, can't go too far off the rails before we can actually say, actually, no, that's wrong. We're going to stop that now. And and the great thing about the Alman, in the same way that we can start things relatively quickly because we're small and we can meet or we can do things ex-committee, we can also stop things if something's going wrong. So... I, I I heard what was you know I was listened very intently. I always very very keen on listening to the debates uh, in in Timwald. Uh, I'm not a big uh, contributor to the debates at the moment, but some of that is 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 uh, newness. But also I'll speak when I've got something that will add as opposed to just complement the the debate. And I think all those voices needed to be heard. Some of the points can be addressed very easily and it's just either a misunderstanding or the information isn't all out there or wasn't available early enough for people to look at. But I think people's concerns are quite right. Um, But that doesn't mean to say we shouldn't do stuff and we should take... It goes back to what I was saying, even if it's members of the public, if we've got ideas or thoughts and you're as well-informed as you can make yourself, I think there's no reason why you shouldn't have a part to say and people should listen to you and then explain what they are or aren't going to do with your information. And that sort of goes back when we do these consultations. So how do we put that scheme, the Branfield scheme, out for consultation? I'm fairly certain we would have had a broad spectrum of, of comments in, and then it, the, the, the government department would have gone back, the DfE in this case, but it's cross-government really. But DfE would have gone back and said, OK, we listened. These are things we have taken in, in on board. And this is what we're going to do about it. But there will always be people, and I'm not talking about my colleagues in Timwald at this stage, but there will always be people who are not happy no matter what you do. So actually, we have to sometimes be a little bit brave, if not very brave, but not reckless. And I think that's the difference. Taking your chance is one thing, but it should be a calculated and understandable risk. And you should know when you need to switch it off. And that's possibly the bit we're not as good at, is the switching off if something's not quite right. In terms then of contributions, uh, I mean, you said there that you, you're you not a big contributor in, mm-hmm. in, in Tinwald. Um, I note that uh, ha- having attended now mm-hmm. uh, and uh, one uh, legislative council sitting and, and uh, been reviewing several uh, over the past few months, mm-hmm. there aren't any questions asked in, in, in legislative council. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, what would you say about the the difficulty being relatively inexperienced mm-hmm. um, in, in terms of politics? It, it, it's quite a daunting thing, isn't it, uh, getting up and speaking in Tinwald? It is, especially if you're not speaking just to be heard, just to be seen, to be speaking. I think being thoughtful and actually 
putting something in, even if it's completely opposite to everybody, what everybody else is saying, knowing that that's you're adding to a debate, not just echoing uh, what other people have said. I think the other thing is, despite this idea that we have secret meetings and, and have other things, we do talk to each other outside this idea that we only turn up in Douglas on a Tuesday for either our, our chamber sittings or, or for Timber Court. Um, people are working really, really hard. They're meeting, they're chatting. No decisions are being made unless it's at, board, at departmental level or just personal decisions. Parliamentary decisions are very much the only place they take place are in in um, in the, the tricameral system and certainly in, in Timber Court. But informing oneself, making sure you've got as much information as possible, asking the questions and actually... For me, that's where I get most of my information from. That's where I make most of my decisions. However, what's really nice is that I'll still sit and listen to a debate and suddenly think, oh, actually, that's something I hadn't considered. Is that going to change the way I'm going to vote? So nothing is decided, but people are as well well informed as they can be. Um, and and quite rightly, that's what the, the public should expect of us. Um so, yes, it's daunting to stand up and speak, um, but I think I should only speak when I've got something useful to say. I suppose, though, the the other sides to Tinwald, I mean, yes, it is important, and, and perhaps some members don't appreciate that actually Tinwald is a debating chamber, and if you can uh, deliver a really good speech, you could potentially sway um, opinion mm-hmm. that you think may be already set in, in, yep. in advance, because... The the unfortunate aspect of the the briefings that go on, a lot of the debate happens behind closed Mm -hmm. doors, so it doesn't need to happen when it gets to Tinwald. And possibly part of the the role that Tinwald's sittings plays is is that the public get to understand the 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 behind-the-scenes thinking that's gone on and um, maybe um, members... Who, who are sitting there thinking, well, I've got nothing else to add. Mm. Actually, there are people who, who don't actually know what you think. Yes. And you are you know, effectively paid to yes. be a, a, a national politician. So, uh, and, you know, I, I've gone through both sides <laughs> of this uh, during my time in Timbald. Mm. I know it's, it's, it's a difficult one to get the balance right with. I, I, no, you're completely right, and I, I take that point. I, I suppose that a briefing is is useful, even a conversation in a corridor or a meeting at a, at a departmental board. I'm I sit on the cabinet office uh, board. I'm vice chair of the Alaman Post Office. Um, I do armed forces. Um, uh, um, I'm the armed forces champion for the government, and so quite often there's things you you discuss outside of Timwood, and some of those things are not even going to go to Timwood anyway. They're, it's it's about shaping things way before or way after. Um, but you're quite right, and I think probably over time um, my courage to not perhaps ask all of the questions in advance, or ask the same question to make sure it's on the record on Hansard. And that, I think, will come with more more experience. I've spoken a, a, a two or three times and I'm comfortable with that. But you asked about questions and that's quite interesting to me because, again, as a new person, well, new, a year in, because I haven't seen questions in LegCo and we only a few questions from LegCo within Timwald, um, it, mm, it doesn't feel as... Um, as significant a role of what we do because actually we're scrutinising once things are starting to develop and be decided. So when it comes to legislation, 
that's when Ledco in particular, but any member of Timworld, um, can really start asking those questions and really understanding what's going on. And those things are, are happening in a debate in our chambers. Uh, and then by the time it gets to Timworld, quite often the two the separate chambers have, have already had that debate. So when it comes to legislation, I, I feel very heartened that there's an awful lot of scrutiny, a lot of cooperation and, and compromises where necessary. But more importantly, some good legislation is starting to come through. And maybe at the start of an administration, you'll know better than me, I arrived, it was the start of an administration. And there's lots of things you want to do and get on the table. The legislation now is, is starting to come through quite thick and fast and fascinating to be involved. And more importantly, really important to scrutinise what's coming through because in unintended consequences of a few words in some legislation could have a dramatic effect on, on how we, we live and, and act around uh, the island. So that's important to me. So I, I think it's a broad range um, and, and you're quite right there. We... we, we shouldn't have debates in private but I can assure you and the listeners I don't I'm not seeing it's a debate in private it just might be a question to clarify something better understanding so you're better informed when you listen to the debate in in Timworld. Any ambition to carry on in this role? Mm-hmm. Absolutely um, uh, and certainly um, I'm I'm hoping um, that I'll be I'll be standing uh, for the elections in February because although I've only done it for a year, I I took the end part of um, what one of the two MLCs who became MHKs. Um, I took one of their their seats myself and Paul Crane uh, MLC. So so I I will stand again in in February March time um, and and I want to stand because I want to carry on with what I'm doing, but more importantly. I feel that I can, I'm now at that stage where, you know, the rookie is it will can, can be thrown out the door and actually experienced um, politician will walk through um, or if there's a glide path, I suppose, rather than a switch overnight. Um, so, no, I, I, I will be standing in the elections in the spring. And in terms of the election that will take place in 2026 for the House of Keys? You, you don't think you'll be following uh, other LegCo members uh, in, in that regard? No, I, I don't have have any ambitions. That doesn't mean to say that I don't want to serve the people of the Isle of Man, but I think the two roles are very different but complementary. I'm there, I do believe LegCo members are there to support MHKs and the work they do for the public, but we're also there for the public of the Isle of Man and the residents of the Isle of Man. So, um, no, I... Um, and I'm not even going to say famous last words. I, I, I don't have any aspirations to, to stand as an MHK. If if you were successful at the mm-hmm. forthcoming LegCo election, uh, what would be the one thing that uh, we could pass judgment on to say uh, Diane Kelsey MLC was a success over that five years spell? Oh, oh over the over the five years, gosh. Um, I, I, I've got. Um, I'd like to see the development of the Alaman uh, Post Office such that we're into a modern era. Postal services are changing and, and we need to be more dynamic and think about how we can best support. While still understanding we live on a small island that needs community services, so working with government to see how we can develop that. So I'd like to see in five years' time that we have, a, a, again, a mature successful um, Isle of Man post office, which may not look like the Isle of Man post office of today, but actually still serves the, the people of the Isle of Man. 
ex-armed forces, uh, 23 years in the Air Force. So, of course, I would also say that I'd like to make sure that the Armed Forces Covenant um, and Covenants, because quite a lot of people have signed up to it, that there are no inequities uh, for uh, service currently serving because we have um, reservists that are serving that live on the Isle of Man and they are the old part-time territorial soldiers um, but also lots of veterans and also we've got our wonderful ca- cadet forces that support young people across the Isle of Man and the adult volunteers so making sure that there's no unfairness in anything there's equity uh, in, in, in what, what they do but also within the cabinet office if I stay in the cabinet office make sure those central functions that we are we're listening to what needs to be done across government and playing our part in that. That was Diane Kelsey, MLC. Do you think her quiet style of politics is effective or would you prefer more outspoken politicians, even if they've not got much to say? Let me know your thoughts on the programme by contacting philgorn at manxradio.com and get in touch if you have any ideas for future shows. For now, though, I'm Phil Gorn. Goromayo, thanks for listening.